All right, welcome back to Josh and Ethan show. I'm uh, Joe Biden, and it's your favorite podcast. We totally remember our names, and let's just get right into all of the important news from this week. So first um, off, we talked before air. We went on air a bit, but um, I forgot about this, but. There was a shooting of another guy, and we should look at the bicam footage and think if we see it was justified or not. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. I, I have Here, I'm just going to play the body cam footage, and we can go through it, because it's... The body cams tell the story of... Here we go. Um, let me find a body cam video. I'm also, by the way, framing pictures, so if you hear rattling, it's a picture. Okay. Here we go. So this is the video. So um, I'll describe it. So they initially stopped the guy because he was, what, passed out in his car, right? Uh, yeah, I think he was like... So it's a pretty yeah. minor thing. Yeah, he's passed on his car, so they're knocking on the window. But everyone's pretty friendly at first. You can hear there's no aggression. There's no hostility. He's just kind of telling So he's just walking away, and then he hears a beeping, he's coming back to the car, but, um, so I don't really know what's going on here, why he came back, if the guy didn't move or something, but basically, the, it's a very minor thing, and they're both being quite nice to each other so far.
The cop just laughs a little bit. I don't know if that's like malicious intent or something. We'll have to see. No, I think he was just, you know, looking at the situation. Because at first it seems like it's nothing. Yeah, at first it's just kind of like a funny little thing. But it doesn't seem like harmful after where he's like, haha, stupid, or something like that. So he's in the car, face keys in. I don't want to deal with this fever right now. So he's driving out. And he gets out of the car. So he's, dri he's driven up to a lot closer to where the guy's parked. He only drove up like 15 feet probably. He's getting out of the car and going back to the guy at his car. Because he had on the intercom. So I think he's supposed to like test him for drugs or something. I'm not sure on that. Because I don't know the exact protocol. He just goes up, looks in the guy's window, sees him, then goes back to the car. So I'm going to start to pull ahead here because this is 40 minutes. But basically, he's questioning him, checking him under the influence. I'll play some of the audio here. This isn't Forest Park. This is Atlanta. How much have you had to drink today? I drove early. Okay. How much have you had to drink? relatively chill but um basically i'll play the graphic part that's really concerning so he's come out of the car they're still interviewing him and this is right where it starts so they're checking his um his i think they're doing the brief test on him to check his blood alcohol percentage Tomorrow, here's the money for, you know, 
right. So from my best understanding of that, they go to handcuff him, and the guy starts um, kind of like shaking around trying to not get handcuffed, and turns into a big brawl, and then he grabs one of the officer's tasers, and I don't think he tried to shoot them, but he runs for it with the taser, and then they shoot him. So I don't think this is egregious as George Floyd. I just don't understand why he started shaking as soon as they went to handcuff him. Um, and I don't know if they needed to handcuff him for driving under the influence, so what do you think? I think that, okay, I guess arrest, I, I think you can be, you, well, you can, you can be arrested for driving under the influence. Yeah, you can. So that most can, most yeah. officers, like from my understanding, will just leave, will just leave you there and make you like park your car, but you can be cuffed and taken in. For it, yeah. So, I'm assuming that's what they're trying to do. But my problem with this this particular uh, scenario is that he's being victimized, but it's very clear that he was the person who was kind of making it more than it needed to be. Yeah, and I, I, I don't want to say that there's like every black person should be afraid of the police. But I do understand him being like a bit being handcuffed because we've seen a lot of these incidents but i think grabbing the taser and running for it's like that is making yourself seen as a threat so well if i was the officer if i wanted to shoot him fatally necessarily i can see why you put yourselves in a situation where the officers need to shoot you if you stole one of their tasers is running for it and pointing it back at them like i don't know i it's tough to know because i've never been a situation like this like as an officer or as a person like You'd like to think that, like, you try shoot him in the leg, maybe, as the officer, or just let him run. But I can see why it happened, and I don't know if there's really charges that can be levied against the officer. Also, I I don't remember if this if this was in the police video, but did it show him running away? No, because... There's a cell phone video, so we're storing the incident, and it shows him running away, pointing the taser back. But we just watched the body cam, and they basically, the, the two guys get thrown to the ground, and I think the body cam gets knocked off. It doesn't look like he clipped it. He could have, but it looks like the body cam in the scramble gets knocked to the ground, and then it's kind of covered on the cement. Then it gets turned up, and then you can see the air, and you see the officers running, like, not running, but they're moving after him, and there's, like, he's got the taser. And then in the cell phone video... From a bystander, you can see the shots fired down. So he's running, pointing the taser back, kind of half looking back, and then you see the one officer pull out his gun, kind of like walk running towards him, and he shoots him okay. two or three times. Okay, because I when I was talking about this with my family yesterday, and my aunt was saying the reason why he was being victimized was because he was running away. Once you have your back to a police officer, they shouldn't shoot. But, yeah. he, he was yeah, like, I mean, he was still holding the taser, then. He was halfway back. I think, I don't think that he should have died, but I definitely think that he did put himself in a position of unnecessary danger when he stole the taser, because that does turn you into anyone who has stolen a taser from the police is seen as a threat. I, 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 I see, I see that it may be escalated to something more than it should have been. Maybe like, like you said, he shouldn't have died, but 
also he shouldn't be victimized because he's still at fault for this. Yeah, he actively did put himself in a position where danger. And they already fired the officer, and like I would definitely do an investigation, but I don't know if you should fire the officer for this because like George Floyd was very clearly like I can't breathe. Like Floyd at worst was trying to use a counterfeit bill, but he wasn't resisting arrest at all, and he got killed. Here, this was a guy who was actively resisting arrest and got killed. So this is more the one that should be in question, where the other one's like an instant prosecution. Uh, I, speaking of uh, which, the officer that killed George Floyd met his bail. He met a million. His, he got his bail? He got his $1 million bail. You better enjoy the time while he's out. He's going to be in jail. No, he is not going to live a good life. He should have stayed in that prison. Yeah. All right. Um, sorry, I'm having an issue of the podcast. All right. Um, we're back now. It is Saturday, actually. That was recorded on Tuesday. But we're having an issue with, it turns out, it was the mic cable. And I didn't have any spares on, like, hand. But... I got a new one ordered in. Everything seems to be working. We think we got the gain adjusted for everything. So hopefully the audio should come through. But we were talking about the Wendy's shooting, I think it was. And the only information that's really come out is there's a still image of the officer kicking the guy. I I mean, that's wrong no matter what. I wish we had a video just so we could fully get the context. But I don't think it makes much difference to the case as a whole. What do you think? I think Joshua just dropped. Sorry, one second. <laughs> All right, we have Joshua back. He is not dropped now. Um, this episode will finally get out the door. And one of our note, we're going to record. We're going to treat this as last week's episode, episode 11. And then we're going to record tomorrow. And that will be episode 12 for the next week. So that's the way we're looking at the recording. Just the next two weeks are back-to-back days. So what do you think about, I mean, maybe they could get, like, an assault charge on him, but what do you think about the officer, like, the still image of him kicking the guy in the Wendy's? I think that people need to be careful who, like, you, you have to look at situations. What am I trying to I, I, I guess, like, this guy was a different situation than what people are uh, you know, protesting for and trying to make change for. And these people are comparing this guy to, um, you know, the George Floyd situation and all the other police brutality that's kind of triggered this um, kind of uprising. But it's just, it's way different, I think, because he wasn't a victim in the sense that he wasn't just him being him and police just beat him because they of the color of his skin. There was reason behind it and there was um, resistance of arrest and there was a lot of factors that led into it. So I think there just needs to be uh, there needs to be a line drawn of what is police brutality and what isn't. Yeah, because like I wish he'd like shot him in the leg or whatever, but if you look at what is listed as a legal use of force, this is a completely legal use of violent force. So I don't like that the guy died. I think it's sad. It's not like people should, like, the officer's already been fired. They're looking into if they can get him with the death penalty. It's like, 
I don't even know if the death penalty is okay for like Derek Chauvin and that guy is doing something actively wrong where this guy was just doing his job. And there's been lots of police just calling in sick in mass. And like we live in Chicago, that's a major city. Like if the police here just stop doing their job or like move into private security because they f- they're tired of getting prosecuted for like doing their job sometimes. Of course, there are some bad police. That's good that we yell at, but the cities are just going to turn to complete hellholes. And it's like, can we live in a major city if the police just stop doing things? I'm sorry, you went out for a second. Oh, sorry. So I was saying, um, like, can we live in a major city if the police just keep doing these walkouts? Because there's been several major police walkouts in cities because they've been saying we don't want to be prosecuted for just doing our job. It's gotten to a point where it's kind of, I feel like the riots at this point have kind of deteriorate, that's not the right word, they've subsided. And I feel like it's a lot safer, but it's still dangerous because these things are still happening. But it's still really hard to control because they're large groups of people. And these police that are, you know, whether it's necessary or not, you know, tear gassing people and, um, you know, driving through crowds, I, it's like we said before, it's fight or flight. And these situations are still not being handled properly. And there needs to be like, there needs to be some sort of, training or procedure to go through to make sure that everything in the world or everything in this country right now from the riots to the protest peaceful protesting to the police brutality itself how to manage that this stuff can you know not be obsolete because unfortunately this is always going to be a thing that happens but just to subside it at least a little bit because like there's been this has been happening for way 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 too long um with barely anything being done and and that's why so many people are frustrated yeah it's um it's worrisome to be as some like some of the good cops are like well i'm just not going to come to work i'm going to call in sick or i'm going to get a private security role like i was saying and that's going to be in lots of the cities where you have the more liberal DAs that are very into prosecuting because that's what a lot of their base wants. But those are the same people that are like, well, citizens can't have guns. It's like, okay, but the police have guns, so the police can protect you. But then if there's no police, who has guns? It's just the criminals. And then, like, the criminals, if only the criminals have guns and everyone's screwed because the criminals can do whatever they want and can commit all these crimes, and the police won't protect you, and you can't protect yourself from that. And that's just, that's worrisome to me that, we have to acknowledge that there are good cops, and we can't just... I don't think this was, like, a great shooting. Like, the guy at the Wendy's probably shouldn't have died, but it wasn't an illegal shooting, and we shouldn't tell this guy, you're going to get the death penalty, or you're going to get life in prison, because what message does that send to good cops when they sometimes have to appropriately kill someone who is committing a very serious crime? That doesn't send a good message, and that leaves us really exposed. So... 
that's pretty much it on the police brutality front. But I want to get into probably the biggest story for us personally. There's basically Me Too now, but it's being called Speaking Out. And that is all in, um, that's all in the wrestling world right now. So I'm just going to look up and see if I can find a list of everyone. Some of them, there's been no major corroborating out, uh, corroborating of, like, evidence. So we don't know if anything's real, but Jack Gallagher's already been released from this in places of cup ties with, um, Jordan Devlin. But um, everyone's accused, or sorry, with David Starr, but everyone's accused from like Matt Real to Jordan Devlin, and Jimmy Havoc's accused of stuff, so. Um, Justin Roberts as well. Wait, Justin Roberts is? That's even newer. Sounds yeah, like- Justin Roberts too. Alright, um, Forbes has a list, and I hope this is the full list. And here's the thing I believe that some. Oh, um, Dave Legallon from the NWA, he's one of the backstage people with Billy Corgan, but. I believe that one or two of these, maybe more, is probably real. And that's sad that those people were in our industry and we respected them. But I don't... Oh, Travis Banks, too. But I don't think that all of them are real. And I think there are probably some people that are maybe trying to take advantage to get these people out of the business. And I don't say that in like a mean way, like, oh, women aren't telling the truth. But I don't, if all of these are real, then like a good eighth of the mainstream people in our industry are all predators. And that just doesn't seem possible to me. But I believe that some of these are probably real. But um, we have corroborating evidence for some of them, so I'll read those. But right now we have Jordan Devlin, Dave Lana, Matt Riddle... Um, David Starr, Travis Banks, Joe Coffey, Tyler Bate, which I don't know. Some of these I didn't even hear of. Yeah, I didn't even hear about Bate until now. That would really, su- yeah. that would really surprise me because Bate's super young, so he hasn't really been around that much, and he's a, he seems like a super nice guy. But, yeah. Um, yeah, but everyone's, like, writing in notes or in docs and posting the photos on, like, Twitter and Instagram. So, a lot of it's indie wrestlers, which actually do have, like, some relationship to some of these people, so it's believable. But, again, I don't know how we know which ones are true, but I don't... I don't know which ones are real. I don't think all of them are real, but I don't think they're all fake anyway, and that's kind of tough to, like tell which ones so let me see if i can just find the rest of the list one one that i don't think i heard you mention was will osprey i think will osprey was also accused of stuff really oh yeah i mean part of this is yes like i love watching lots of these guys work and like i don't want to believe that they are um like bad people but i think a lot of it is too it's like Again, I don't believe that it can be something this bad on scale. Because, like, what do we have? Like, a men, like, gang rape gang? Like, if, in men's wrestling? Like, this is a huge... Especially from Brent, this is a huge amount of people. Um, here yeah. we go. The, the, one, the one that I... Here we go. Uh, Will Osprey reacts to accusation he blackmailed victim for coming forward with abuse story. The um, one that I... I... I really am 
for sure on the fence about is the Matt Riddle situation because um, the woman that spoke out against him supposedly they already have a pass and for years she's been trying to drag him down allegedly um so i don't know if that's riddle being like oh this girl's crazy or if she's actually crazy it could be that and also it's like the one thing that i think backs him up is i don't know what the exact word statement was but i'm pretty sure she's never stored shared the story so and it happened years ago so she has been trying to take him down why didn't she share the story immediately? So that's why I think that that one might be one that maybe not necessarily like made up because I don't want to like be like, oh, you're a liar because I like Matt Riddle. But it's like that one might be one that we should look at with a bit more scrutiny because the David Starr allegations all came out and those were heavily corroborated, which definitely doesn't make him look good. And I think lots of people either felt confident enough to share their stories or found ways to go after people. All right, so um, Pollyanna, a British wrestler, was what this is from Ringside News was allegedly sexually assaulted by Scott Wainwright. Osprey and Wainwright are friends. November seventeenth, twenty seventeen, Osprey tweeted a past message about blaming people for things they didn't do. It was later deleted, but the tweet read, "This is disgusting that people can use social media to accuse people of sexual assault. More than a handful of people know the real you. Trying to use your position to isolate and assault someone is pathetic." So he was supporting Wainwright. So. He says it's something to do with block bailing her. Okay. So basically, Osprey hasn't been accused of doing anything, but he has been a bit mad. He's been accused of blackmailing and blackballing people about, like, speaking out. That's his main accusation against him. Because he isn't, like, the whole, like, go social media through it. Yeah, but we kind of just need to wait and see if anyone can, like, back up what happened and be like... Yeah oh, yeah, I was there, this happened, or she told me about this six months ago. Like, if we have some people that can cooperate this stuff, that'd be good. But um, right now, we... Who else was it recently that you said was accused of sending uh, new pictures to a team? Oh, Velveteen Dream was sending pics to kids. Oh, Velveteen Dream, yeah. One thing that, um... Hold on, we have a phone going off in the background. Um... Let me go see if I can deal with that. <laughs> We're a mess. Alright, um, we're just not gonna cut that out because I don't want to lose my train of thought. But um the one thing that outside of Matt Riddle, these are pretty much all it's weird because it's a lot of the UK scene. Like, the NXT UK scene. And that's when he thinks, like, you have Jimmy Havoc. There's allegations that Osprey has a friend involved. David Starr, Travis Banks, Jordan Devlin, Legero, Jack Gallagher, who's already been fired. Like, that... Like I said, is there, like, some, like, gang rape scene in, like, the NXT UK locker room? Because that's just the one thing. It's like, that seems... I don't know if it makes it more likely or less likely because it's a big group of guys accused like altogether because the more isolate incidents in some ways seem more believable in some ways seem less believable so i don't know we just really need more information on this but i just think it's so strange that so many of these accusations are from nxt yeah it's just really bizarre 
And then even, like, I'm pretty sure the only AEW guy is Havoc. But, like, he's friends and hangs out with a lot of Zanks to UK guys because they did lots of Indies well, together. But he also, also, like I said, Roberts, Justin Roberts. Yeah. It's, um... I don't know. I I don't want to say definitely, but I'm I'm very hesitant to believe all of them. But I'm I would think that at least one or two, maybe more, are true. But I don't really know how we prove that again, because like again, people can corroborate stuff, but you don't know if they're telling the truth. So I think we'll just have I'm, to wait I'm, and see. I'm not gonna say I doubt that any of these are true because I don't doubt that some of these are true but i'm just gonna say that these guys are innocent until proven guilty yeah like jack so jack alfer's already been fired by wwe but your guys haven't and as far as i know there's been no extra news like no extra evidence about jack alfer's allegations like no one's cooperated that yet so there's no reason to believe they's any more guilty than like Devlin and Banks and Lagero who all and Brittle who all work for WWE, so I don't know if like they fired him because they have less plans for him than they have for those other guys because that's actually really cruel if they did, but um yeah yeah so I would I would just wait to fire one I would probably take them off TV like because Riddle beat AJ on SmackDown which is cool but I would take them off TV just see if there's more evidence if no more evidence resurfaces. Like you said, they're innocent until proven guilty. So if there's no more evidence, either you do let someone dangerous free, or they are just innocent guys who people tried to take down their career. But um, we'll have to wait and see. The ones I really doubt, just like from their the way they seem on TV. Of course, they're playing characters, but the way they seem on TV are like Justin Roberts and Tyler Bate. I totally doubt those guys doing anything, but we'll see. So um, I don't know. It's it's kind of tough because we'll have to wait, but. Hopefully more stuff will re- will um come up to the surface by tomorrow. We can either condemn or clear some people of these charges. Um, so right now I think going on is Trump's rally in Tulsa. So, what do you think of this? Um, I mean it's just inappropriate. I mean I think on the previous recording we talked about this a little bit but he he knows what he knew what he was doing yeah he know he it's not a coincidence that he was like he i think he purpose purposefully planned this event on this specific day in that specific town you did, because I don't think he even, like, knows what Juneteenth... I don't think he knew what Juneteenth was before us. Like, I don't think he's smart enough for that. Because one thing is, like... This the president of the United States, yeah, he's ignorant, but I think he should know about Juneteenth. Like, some, yeah. even even if he didn't, someone in who, in his campaign, or someone in the Trump administration, should have known, oh, by the way... Mr. President Trump, this day is also one of the most important days in black American history. Yeah. No, I definitely would want to count because, like, Bolton's book, one thing, I don't really feel like we need to talk about. It's like, there's nothing majorly bombshell outside of the fact that he cares about his own reelection, like, every president ever, outside of, like, probably Washington. And he is very stupid and doesn't know a lot of things that average people know. 
So that's one thing that, like, I don't think he's an evil genius. But I definitely think his campaign should have probably been like, um, we shouldn't do it on this day. So why I moved it. But CBS News just said, just in, six Trump campaign staffers in Tulsa test positive for COVID-19. Oh, God. <laughs> so, um, it's just, they're allowing masks to be worn and they're handing out hand sanitizer. But I don't understand, like, this would not, this would be a non-story if he said, we're doing one-third capacity or even one-half capacity, you're required to wear a mask, and we're doing at least fever checks, and it's outdoors. Because the odds of transmitting COVID, if you do all of that, like, that's the best thing you can do without doing a COVID test, if you do all those things. And that's very expensive and time-consuming to test out many people. So, if you were, we just do those things. Like, that's all you, like, that'd be fine. It'd be so much better. Like, I'm happy to go to a concert or a wrestling show if I have to sit 10 feet away from people or 6 feet away from people and if I have to wear a mask. Like, that's fine. I'm happy to do that if I get to go out to it sooner. So I don't understand why they couldn't do that for this and just do it outdoors because outdoors is really much safer. So I don't think this was necessary. And these are, like, the things that Trump doesn't need to do because he's running up against, like, a dead guy and Joe Biden. And his only job is just make himself seem more competent than the dead guy but he can't make himself seem more competent right now and i don't know why he's struggling with that he just needs to chill out slow down just stay away from the media and just try to get out of the public eye for a bit and focus on more joe biden's gas and that's his best chance for re-election yeah like the it's kind of like 2016 the winner of the election will be whoever people notice less because if it's a referendum on you you're losing a selection and sadly that's how american politics are because politics were just going that way with the like ever since obama politics were going that way because whilst the republicans got more sour but then trump kind of found an opening in the wing and at the same time with obama finishing his second term bernie and then 2018 like aoc and Ilan omar found an opening in that wing so then the Republican Party went from, like, the nice guy conservative that loses a lot to a lot more brash and kind of winners. And then the Democrats became a lot more socialist and kind of radical even. So it's... But things like the email server were, like, the little tipping points that allowed Trump to beat Hillary. But if if he can make it a referendum on Joe Biden's gaffes, I think he could win. But if he fails to make it a referendum on Joe Biden's gas and becomes a referendum on Trump not knowing things and being stupid and brash, then he's going to lose. It's like it was kind of funny the first time. Like I wasn't really involved in politics then because like the jump from 11 to 15 is pretty big. But it was kind of funny to see like, oh, wow, we have a politician that's very brash and like he's saying stupid things and also kind of funny things like you would be in jail like to Hillary. Like that's funny. But it's kind of lost it's same punch now it's been going on for like six years now right i mean i don't know i'm just i, I feel like i'm a, let me let me say something about trump trump from the beginning has always had people hating him and I think over time, more so. But I feel like they're. I, I'm I'm kind of going off track with what you're saying. Um, but 
I feel like a lot of people still don't. Um, and people don't like Trump because he's Trump still because of his whole initial campaign of we're going to build the wall, deport the people, deport the illegal people. People still can't get behind a lot of what Trump does because of his initial campaign. So, and I feel like over his presidency, his reputation has kind of gone down more, um, you know, with the whole Ukraine situation and him being extremely unfit for presidency and, you know, obviously not being um, an appropriate role or not him appropriately fitting the role of president. And I feel like that's going to really hurt his campaign. And I feel like a lot, way less people are going to vote in general because it's kind of like, it's kind of like the Hillary situation. Biden isn't the greatest, but Trump also is. Yeah. And I don't think Biden's getting the Bernie bros this time. Like, you'd have to pick Warren, but Klobuchar dropped out of, like, the VP election race, basically, because she wants it to be, like, a black woman, which was sad to me, because whoever is Biden's VP is basically president, and Biden's going to be, like, a one-term president, and they'll just run off of the back of being his VP, but even for the term, they're going to basically run the country if he wins, and Klobuchar, even though she's a career politician and not, like, career politicians, she's one of the more qualified and one of the less radical. But now it's like, if he's picking Kamala Harris or Stacey Abrams, is that a good direction for the Democratic Party to move in? Like, I don't know. I mean, clearly Trump isn't the greatest direction, but these last four years have been annoying, but they haven't been... I, I don't know what the word is. Like, they haven't been as earth-shattering as you would think, because there's a Democrat-controlled house. So it's like he's not passing anything that's, like, really all that transformative. Like, if the, yeah. if the, like the Republicans are in danger of losing the Senate, and I never really want one of these two parties, because both the directions are moving, to have House, Senate, and presidency. So I'm also like, let the Democrats take the Senate, but maybe if Trump is still president or vice versa, like, that way we won't become socialist, or that way we won't, just completely become like insane country like what is the choice here i don't know but and i've heard ben shapiro talk about this a bit and it makes more and more sense to me obama and trump are actually pretty similar because they both have obama re- does a really good job of not saying the quiet part out loud well trump does a really bad job of that because trump is always saying the quiet part out loud like if you look at the daca stuff the way obama passed it was actually like kind of borderline illegal and unconstitutional and trump tired to reverse it in a borderline illegal and unconstitutional way so it's really tough because it's like trump went to the chinese like went to xi jinping and he was like hey can you buy some more corn soybeans i think you'll help me get reelected." where obama's like hey russian like he was like trying some russian ambassador he's like i'll have a bit more flexibility after the last election you know wink wink so it's like they're very opposite ends of the spectrum. They're not the most radical of each of their parties because Obama is like a full-blown Marxist. And Trump isn't like we have to allow no immigration at all. Like he likes legal immigrants. Fine, fine. But Trump is just very brash where Obama's a lot more calculated in getting his agenda done. So it 
it's actually really funny to me to see lots of the more mainstream media just love Obama and hate Trump because they are really similar. I think they just like the way Obama does things because it's a lot less bloodier. And I don't know if that's good or bad because with Trump, we kind of know what we're getting. Where with Obama, I almost want to look back at everything he did and like, well, were there secret intentions here? Or is this no, just this is just friendly Brock here, just passing some new health care for you guys. So I don't know. But, um, we, we've had a lot rough last couple presidencies, like, looking at it from a moderate view, because, like, you had Obamacare, and you had Bill in the Wall, and, like, I generally like to think I'm pretty moderate, so it's kind of tough, and I think we're looking at another rough one, because another four years of Trump will be divisive, but four years of Biden with, like, a socialist-esque VP can't be good for the country either. So, I... I'll say this. My prediction, I guess, for this year's election is... Well, I don't have a clear prediction. I think it can either be kind of what happened with the 2016 election where Trump wins because so many Democrats, or not even Democrats, so many people in general just didn't vote. And a lot of people who just really strongly believed in what Trump Trump's policies were. They were the ones who primarily voted. So I think either that's going to happen or tr- just so many people don't want Trump back that they they have no other option than just to vote for Biden. Yeah, I also think it it really depends on Biden's VP choice because as we all know, like if you're black you have to vote for Biden. So he doesn't really need to pick a black VP. So I feel like picking a less radical-like VP, like if you pick Warren or Kamala, the thing is that's going to turn off some of the swing voters, and he needs those swing voters because because of how California and New York are, Biden, the Democrats are probably always going to popular vote for at least the next couple elections, depending on how like the country is remade over the next couple presidencies. But... It's going to be really tough for them to win the Electoral College because they have to break their way into some of these Midwestern states like where we are with like, well, you have to get the suburban housewives, which Trump did well getting in 2016. But it's like a lot of them are probably turned off by what Trump is doing now. So I think it's tough to get swing voters with a more radical EP where it's either someone who is less qualified than she seems like Stacey Abrams or someone radical like Harris or Warren where picking a moderate VP would have helped with those swing voters that really should be quite easy to pick up given the way Trump has acted over the last four years. But right now I kind of have like, I have a weird feeling that like Biden's going to win, but I also kind of have, well, no, my gut feeling is that Trump wins the electoral college narrowly and Biden wins popular vote. Like, do you kind of have, like, a secondary gut feeling that Biden could kind of pull out? I know it kind of sounds like I'm not giving an answer, but, like, it it's really tough. And unless some, like, major bombshell happens, again, I don't think the bull book is a bombshell. It's a bunch of stuff we already knew about Trump. He wants to get reelected. He's uninformed about things. So I don't think that's, like, what Biden needs. And maybe if Trump can, like, focus on, like, Hunter Biden being a complete idiot, maybe he can sink Biden. But both yeah. of them, both of them are struggling to get good ammunition on the other one, and I think that's probably gonna be like a coin flip. Yeah, I think 
in a lot of ways, this election is very similar to the last one. But I think the big difference is, is that so many people didn't think that at all that Trump was going to win, but he did. But this election, it, it can go either way, really. Yeah, I think this time it's it's a lot more active in people's minds. Like, well, Trump could win again. And for some people, I mean, I don't want to say like he's created no new voters. There are probably some people who are like, hey, I didn't like Trump last time. I will vote for him this time. Like, there's definitely some of those people. But I think he's also turned off a lot of swing voters. So I think it's going to be this, – this one almost feels a lot more important. And I, th- I think the last one was more important in some ways because it's like, well, coming out of Obama, who gets to really shape the country? Do we have Hillary who can kind of continue that or Trump who can change all of that? But coming into this one, yeah. we kind of have, well, we're probably going to have a pretty socialist VP. So is this – will America be continue to become less socialist or will America become more socialist? And that's like kind of what I want to see as your overarching theme because I could usually say I don't – I'm not a big fan of socialism because that kind of leads to communism. So I want us to be less socialist. Okay, vote for Trump. But that's not as hard because you look at all these extra underlying things about Trump and you're like, well, no, I really don't like this guy. Maybe I should vote for Biden. Then you look at Biden and he, like, you look at all his gas and you're like, wait, is this guy fit to run the country? And it's just, it's so hard. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. This, this election's a weird one. All right, this was a um, rather depressing episode, and we're probably going to have another rather depressing episode tomorrow. Cause well, hopefully... I, I wanted to, I don't know if you wanted to talk about, like, Dynamite or, or NXT or something. Oh, yeah, we shouldn't have Ron, 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 Oh, uh, I think one big thing, uh, Bruce Pritchard is now in charge of both Raw and SmackDown. Heyman's not Raw anymore. Yeah, Which that's... is kind of disappointing because... Heyman is actually doing a really good job, and Pritchard on SmackDown is massacring. Like, it is unwatchable at times. Yeah, I know. Um, It's because Pritchard caters more to Vince, where Paul kind of pushed back on Vince. So the fact that we're going to have two shows are basically made to make Vince laugh is worrisome. But sorry, one thing I was saying was, um, yeah, hopefully we will get more stuff on the speaking out, and we can... I would like to think we can queer some of these guys and say, no, they didn't do this. We have a way to prove they didn't do this. There was someone who was supposed to be like a witness to it and wasn't. And I'm really hoping for that. Or in some ways it will be good if instead of having else uncertainty, we can get someone who can corroborate it. We can convict some of these people. But um, we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully we'll get that by tomorrow. But I was thinking... Let's watch three minutes and 53 seconds of Joe Biden gaffing just to cheer ourselves up before we get into these wrestling reports. Kid. 
I turn to walk away, and then it doesn't stop there. He grabs my arm and pulls me back to make eye contact with him again, and he yells something about marriage at me. By the way, first one. That's awfully creepy. Why would you pull someone's arm and talk to them about marriage? I don't know. And was that also the clip I think I heard at the beginning where it's like the poor and unfortunate kids are just as important as white oh, kids? Oh, yeah. Th that might be my all-time favorite one. Poor kids are just as smart as white kids. Here, let me um. <laughs> I think he said, he said like, that's like the longer form. I'm pretty sure he said that, like, just poor kids are just as smart as white kids in debates. Like, it's like a full slogan. Look at what they value and look at their budget and what they're proposing. Romney wants to let the, he said in the first hundred days, he's going to let the big banks once again write their own rules. Unchain Wall Street. They're going to put you all back in chains. We got the first sort of mainstream African-American who is articulate and bright and clean. All right, the, the first two were good, but now this isn't even gaffs anymore. That was from Whiteside. They did a bad job with a with a um with a gaff thing. Um, here, let me see if I can find good. I want to watch some gaffs. Here we go. Hello, everyone. I'm coming directly to you for a quick. <laughs> of course, when we're about to watch a Joe Biden biggest gaff video from Newsweek. Of course, we get a Joe Biden join our team ad. <laughs> I think it's hilarious that every time I see a Joe, a Joe Biden ad, like a campaign ad, he always struggles with his name. He's like, hi, guys, I'm uh, uh, Joe Biden. Like, yeah, is, does he have dementia? Like, how do you like, I just keep I forgetting? Well, like, because of the West Point ramp, everyone's like, oh, Trump has dementia with how he's walking. But Joe Biden has more, like, the psychological signs of it. Because I guess he's not, like, lashing out like Trump does. But he's very – I don't want to say, like, Alzheimer's either because he's not moving, losing, like, cognitive – like, he, he's not losing, like, his physical ability. He's just more, like, mentally challenged. Maybe it's – I don't know. Like, we – I want to look into this. You add your name today. I promise you. But the Taoiseach knows a lot about it. His mom uh, lived in uh, in Long Island for 10 years or so. Uh, God rest her soul. And uh, um, although she's, wait, your mom's still, your mom's still alive as your dad passed. God bless her soul. I got to get this straight. <laughs> All right, that's an old one from 2010, but he told a guy that his his mom was dead when his dad was dead. All right, um, that's enough of those. I'm um, pretty happy. So if you want to talk about Dynamite, the big news is Anna Jay and Colt Cabana are probably joining the Dark Order, which is good. They're filling up the ranks more and more. And then Ricky Starks from the NWA Power Show is now signed with AEW, and that was a tryout match with Cody. But they got an angle for him in the middle of the match. Tony Khan came up with an angle and they signed him. So he's going to be, I think, a big, big star in AEW because he's a really good worker. Wasn't Tony Star one of the guys that was accused? What? Tony, no. No, Ricky oh, Star. I thought 
No, Ricky. Uh, Tony Stark. <laughs> Wait, Tony Stark? No, Ricky Stark saved you on AW. No, he. There's no accusations against him that I know. Oh, well then I'm thinking of someone else. Yeah, but um, I think he should be a good addition. Any other thoughts on AW? This week's Dynamite I thought was really good. Um, I think the match, my favorite match of the night was uh, the main event, the TNT title match. That one was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't too sure about the whole Brian Cage, John Moxley deal, but I think with Taz as Brian Cage's manager, it, it, it kind of... It, it's I don't know. I'm more hyped for it. It'll be fine. I think the real main event is going to be Jericho, Orange Cassidy. And it seems like Guevara's turning face and joining Matt Hardy. But I think that's stupid. Because I always want to, Guevara to turn on Jericho, but turn heel on Jericho. So, like, I'm glad that Matt Hardy's probably putting him over next week. But I don't want him to, like, turn face. Because... The building blocks of this company for me are Hangman, Darby, Jungle Boy, MJF, and Sammy. And Jungle Boy is the only one of those guys that should always be a babyface. And MJF and Sammy are the only ones that should always be heels. Darby can kind of flip-flop between. Hangman can kind of flip-flop between. But I don't... I'm sure he's a great babyface, but I don't want to see Sammy as a babyface. He's a heel. He needs to turn heel on Jericho because he should win his first world title from Jericho. Like, right? Why would they turn babyface? It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. I also don't think that Sammy should turn on Jericho anytime soon. Oh, no, yeah. I feel yeah. like that's something that like, they should hold off on. Yeah, Jericho's, like, what, 48 now? So, my whole feel is, like, he could go on, like, a year and a half long. Like, when he's 50, he could start a year and a half long losing streak. Or, like, a year and three quarters. And they could do, like, a pay-per-view, like, on his 52nd birthday or something. And he could finally, like, work his way up, like, in between the two pay-per-views to a title shot. And he could win the title. And then he could be celebrating. Like, he's kind of, like, turning more and more face as he's going for this title win. He's like, I see one last shot. He's like, I won't, I, like, he's like, I won't cheat with Near Circle. Near Circle won't come out. Near Circle gets a little bit pissed, right? But they're like, okay, okay, Chris. And he, like, works a complete babyface match. Like, lion salts everywhere. No juice effects. Like, code breakers. Then he wins the title. Then Sammy comes out with the whole inner circle. And they lay the boots to him. And Sammy holds up the belt. Like, after he wins the match. Like, I feel like that's the way to do it. Because then at the next pay-per-view, Sammy can beat Jericho. Because, like, Sammy always calls him his father figure. The way to do it is to have Sammy win his first world title after turning heel on Jericho. Right? That would make the most sense. Yeah, but, um, I don't know. Who do you think is the one to beat Moxley? It's clearly not Cage. Like, maybe MJF? Um, I also, what I thought was interesting, speaking MJF and Jericho, on one of Jericho's recent podcasts, I think it was the most recent one, um, from last week, he was talking about how he wanted MJF instead of Sammy in the inner circle. Oh, yeah, 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 the inner circle popped you did, yeah. Yeah, which, I don't know, if... Well, he I wanted him at, that played out. He wanted him at first, but they said, no, MJF's going to be a solo guy. And I, I, I don't think it'd be good. Because right now, I I think Sammy 
his style of charisma, he can definitely do to so stuff. Like, when you see him wrestle singles and cut promos after the match, like, it's good. But MJF is a guy that almost only works as the commanding leader, where I think Sammy can be like, I'm the singles guy, and I'm dominant. And he can also be like, I'm Chris Jericho's protege, and I'm dominant. But, like, also the job guy, like, always matches. So I think that MJF is... And this isn't, like, knock on Sammy, because I love Sammy. It's it's not that he's any less than MJF. In fact, I think he's better in the ring, though not as good as a promo. Though MJF is great both as well. But Sammy is less of a center stage heel almost. Like, he can be the top heel and be center stage. But right now especially, he's almost better just kind of being, like, the secondary guy, where I can't imagine MJF being the secondary guy in a group. Like, it, it just feels weird, because MJF is such a commanding presence. I don't know. Um, what else? What else is there? Um, I don't know. NXT was pretty mad this week. Um, I didn't watch NXT this week. I feel like NXT, I don't know, I've been losing interest in NXT. It hasn't been great recently. But I do think it's interesting what they're doing. I don't know if you saw that they have the triple threat for the North American Championship. It's Gargano, uh, Keith Lee, and Finn Balor. And then whoever wins that goes for... Adam Cole's title. I don't know. There's a lot of different things that can go from that, but I don't know if any of that is right. I don't think this was it was the right angle. Well, they're trying to do it to pop rating against Fighter Fest, but it's very clear to me what they're doing. Gargano is just there to do a job to Keith Lee. Then Keith Lee will go to fight Adam Cole, and Karrion Cross will show up and just lay out both of them. It's a screw job finish. Like WWE has recently just like thrown classic wrestling finishes out of the window. It's either surprise roll up, distraction finish, disqualification. It's like no big match recently has ended in like a pinfall or submission. Yeah. Because that's one of the things about AEW, like, and they have win-loss records, so wins really matter, but it's like, guys can lose. The only guys that don't lose are Moxley and MJF, because that's probably, like, the next big, big title match. Like, MJF will be the one to beat Moxley. Like, Rudy Lee wins a lot, but he had to lose to Moxley, so he lost. Jericho wins a lot, but occasionally he'll have to lose to, like, the Elite. He'll lose. And it's like, Sammy, they really want to push, but he's in these matches, and he's just not the guy to win this time, so he's going to lose. So, that's why it's like... WWE has to accept that some guys, guys, sometimes guys can lose, but as long as you let them win at other times, they'll still be stars. No one's a star if you always just do stupid finishes. That's not protecting them because they're never allowed to become a star because the guy beating them will never get over because he's not actually going to beat them. So it's just such a mess. But they're vincifying NXT because Robert Stone, a.k.a. fake Tony Khan, he's dressed to look just like Tony Khan, is on like a three-week bender now. And it's projectile vomiting. Like, it's such a Vince show now. There's no way Vince is not taking over NXT. And it's just, I don't want to watch WWE anymore. All the shows are written to make Vince laugh.
is like NXT has always been the better show. And like that was the only time you really got to see like entertaining wrestling wrestling at WWE in a long time. And now it's being vincified. Yeah. I just I don't wanna like wish for his death, but can I hope for like an early retirement? Like I know he's probably just gonna run until he dies, but it he needs to get out of the industry. I, I, he's just really, really out of touch. Oh yeah, and like he he doesn't know what's best for business anymore. <laughs> he yeah. he just he doesn't know how to run his shows anymore because there's he's he built his company. Well, he didn't build his company; took it over from his father. But they they were popular because of you know. Guys like Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, and that's old school classic wrestling. And then, like, once the PG era took over, and there was, they were limited to so much more. I feel like like Vince's imagination was like, no. Yeah, wrestling shouldn't be as mature as it was back during like Raw and Nitro, because that was just like dehumanizing to women, really. But like. AEW being TV 14, so they can just have blood and swear a couple times a show, like, makes it so much better of a show. It's just so much easier. But, what I was... Vince, Vince, at this point, he doesn't really care if his show is necessarily good. He just cares that it's drawing ratings. And it's not even anymore. It's just all over 50 people. Like, what happens 20 years around? all those people are dead? The average viewing gauge of NXT, know. the average viewing gauge of NXT is fifty six. Twenty years from now, those people will start dying off. So, who twenty years from now is watching NXT? I just Vince needs to step down, yeah. or kick the bucket, or like. <laughs> well, his mom like is still he, alive, so he has good genes. So he's gonna be around a while. Maybe the stock like 90 something maybe the stockholders could force my i don't know but um wb someone at wb got their own covid test and tested positive so they covid tested for at least the first two tapings we don't know if they're going to continue covid testing but so far they have not announced that anyone is positive as i know of but that's pretty fun um but let me just say this wb is allowing friends and family fans back and soon they'll be allowed to add, at a limited capacity, real fans to mix into the performance center fans. Uh, sorry. When um, when they have banned any of those people from wearing masks if they want to come from the show, and they are not doing COVID tests, they're doing temperature checks. When AEW and NXT, when New Japan is having fans again soon, and AEW will probably start having fans again soon, when they have fans again, it will be one third capacity, and everyone will ever be fever checked or COVID checked, and masks will be required. And that is okay. I don't care if I see a mask on my TV. I will see a mask on my TV, and I will wear a mask if I have to, if I have to, to get to go to concerts and wrestling for the next year or two until there's a vaccine, if I have to. Your TV does not look more stupid if they are wearing masks. It doesn't matter. It just allows you to have fans if they wear masks. So the fact that WWE is allowing fans back in already and they're banning masks is so stupid. Because, like, if they were requiring masks and distancing people out, 
I'd be like, cool, have fans again. I don't care. That's fine. If it's one for capacity, everyone has masks. But banning masks is, like, at least make them optional. They're banning them because Vince doesn't like seeing masks on his TV. It's so stupid. And I'm sorry to change the subject here, but this is kind of ridiculous. So I'm on Bleacher Report right now. And they posted an article. When was this? This was June 20th. So this was today. Um, it says, update on Bianca Belair's raw st- status. Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio reported that Bianca Belair has been conspicuous in her absence of late because of her character simply did not fit the tone of the goofy and comedic skits that Street Profits have been a part of with the Viking Raider. All right, two things. One, I forgot Bianca was on Raw. And two, I listened to the LB Observer Radios. Wait, what was the date for the Observer Radio? This was today. Or, oh, I don't know about the... Wait, did, did it say it was it Observer Radio or was it Observer Newsletter? Because I don't read the Observer Newsletter as often, but I, I like I have a subscription, listen to the Observer Radio, so I probably would have heard it that. just says it just says Dave Meltzer of Wrestling Observer Radio, so I don't know okay. if he, like they were he, just saying that's where he's from or that's okay. where they got. He he probably wrote that in the Observer. I haven't read the Observer the last couple weeks. I've just been listening to the Observer Radios, but yeah, because Dave has like good inside source on that stuff, and Brian does too, so. Of course, of course, it's like, well, we brought Bianca Belair to go with the Street Profits, but we'd rather do wacky gimmicks with the Street Profits that suck and put them on pay-per-views. So instead, Bianca Belair has just disappeared from Raw. Did it ever occur to them that either they shouldn't have brought her up, they shouldn't do the wacky skits, or she can just be a solo act that happens to be married to Montez Ford? Like, why can't she start beating people? And it's like, oh yeah, she's married to Montez Ford, and... Like, she'll break up cheating in their matches occasionally. Like, not everyone like, who's married has to... She doesn't have to constantly be their side piece. Right. Like, for example, they tried an angle with, what, Becky and Rollins for a while last year. That didn't, didn't work, work. So they stopped that. So did you see Rollins, like, constantly, like, hugging Becky's coattails? No. No. Charlotte and Andrade are together right now. They're not being forced together. Um, Alistair Black and Zelina Vega, I mean, they had angles together, but they were on opposite sides. Alistair's face and Zelina's heel, and they didn't really mention the fact that they're together. So I don't understand that just because Bianca Belair is married to Montez Ford, doesn't mean that she has to be a part of the Street Profits. She was doing fantastic on her own. So why does she have to be with these people? Yeah, also in NXT, they did, like, maybe two small angles together, and they mentioned it, like, four or five times. Like, congratulations on them for being married, or, like, oh, that's Bianca Belair's husband, Montez Ford, in the next segment. or Like, they, there were, it barely ever mattered. And I understand, like, maybe you bring her up to give her some credibility. Like, oh, she's married to one of the Raw Tag Team Champions. And, like, you saw her on Survivor Series. You can play the clips. Like, blah, blah. That's all fine. It was like, she doesn't have to constantly be with them. Like, what's the point? Because she's not, like, she's a bit green. But it's like, you have someone who can actually wrestle. It's also not like she's, like, she can't wrestle. And she's just there because they want her on TV. But she's just going to be a side piece. And this is better for her than wrestling. She can wrestle. So let her wrestle. You're right. 
And uh, so let me just read the rest of this. It said, with no other ongoing feud making sense for her character leading into Backlash, she was left off TV. But why does she have to be tied to the Street Profits? Yes, yeah. she debuted alongside them on the Raw night uh, on the Raw the night after WrestleMania 36. And yes, Montez Ford is her real life husband. But does that suggest that her character must be tied to the Raw Tag yeah. Champion? And Can she not be strong and independent working while working on her own? With the wealth of talent located in and around Orlando, Florida. Could the company not find a few options for some en- enhancement matches just to keep her in front of the camera? It feels like a major missed opportunity to build a charismatic, hugely talented young star. Yeah, and it's also not everyone has to be on every pay per view. Like, is it is it that hard? Like, just because you want to push someone doesn't mean they have to be on a pay per view. Like, was I'm trying to think of. Like, AEW, all right. I'm pretty sure Sammy Guevara was on All Out. He was being pushed every week on Dynamite when he was Circle, like, in main event or co-main eventing. But he wasn't on All Out, if I remember correctly, because there wasn't a spot for him. They didn't stop pushing him because he wasn't going to be on All Out. And also, pay-per-views mean a lot more for AEW. They're a major source of revenue, like their TV. WWE doesn't even make any money after pay-per-views. They just get $10 network subscriptions. So it's like, the, the idea that to push so like if you're going to push someone, they have to be on the paper. You stupid. Why couldn't she just go on like an eight match winning streak? And she beat with Morgan this week. She beat Natalia this week. She beat some unnamed jobber this week. So it's like okay, she's really starting to get momentum again. Win loss records aren't a thing. Fine, but people will still notice if you like put her on TV every week beating someone in four minutes. That will help her. So when you have an idea for her, you can do something with her. It's just it's so stupid to me. What was the point in calling her up? They're draining NXT's division. Charlotte went back up. Rhea, Robley, Rhea Ripley's a geek now. It, I I can't. All right. Anything else, or should we just end the episode here and come back tomorrow? Um. Well, I guess we can mention this. I mean, I guess it's not as important. But um, this is also part of the Bleacher Report article. WWE executes trade under the radar. Mike Johnson of PW Insider reported that Mustafa Ali has been quietly traded to Raw. Oh, yeah. So he's so, not the I hacker guess... now. So he had he had one gimmick. Like, he had one gimmick where it's like, oh, he's going to be a hacker. And now he's not even the hacker. So he's just off TV, even though he's, like, a minority cop, which is, like, the best guy, like, that you could put on TV in the country right now. Yes, he's not black, okay, but he's still a minority cop. He's been discriminated against in ways, and he's a cop, so he understands her procedures. He can actually say, these procedures are good. Let's change these few small things that can help make policing safer for people that are in my community and other minority communities. Yet, no, we are going to take him off TV. But, again, Vince is a minimalist. He will, if there's a problem in the world, he'll address it and... If he doesn't feel like doing anything else, then he won't. Yeah. Like with coronavirus, he understands there's a pandemic, but he's still letting all these things happen under his, you know, authority. And he's not even, he even told, like, I, I, don't, I don't know if you know this, but you're not allowed to say the words coronavirus or COVID-19. Yeah. It's on um, TV. It's disgusting. So, should we save everything else for tomorrow, or do you think there will be enough new news tomorrow? Um, we should save. Alright, cool. Because, 
because we covered a lot. Yeah, um, this was over an hour, I think. We'll be back tomorrow, and that will be week 12, basically. This is week 11, even though to our original schedules is week 12, because, again, there were some technical issues with the interface and everything. But we are sorry about that. I think we're good now. I'll get this posted, and we'll be back again right away tomorrow, probably around the same time. All right, thanks for listening.